what will stop the Lord Almighty? When Paul wrote to the Romans, he said, um, what will separate us from the love of God? Will hardship or sickness or height or death or the rulers or the authorities, the fears, the things in the future and the things in the past? No, nothing, nothing will separate us from the love of God. Nothing will stop God. Nothing will stop his purpose. Nothing will stop his um, desire and design. And Lord, although we struggle, Lord, we know that you are for us. And as we gather together today in different ways, Lord, we thank you that we come in and through the name of Jesus. And we come for you. Lord, we bless you. Be with us today as we gather. May your spirit and the presence of God be ours in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, perhaps there's never been a better moment uh, for us to do uh, an exercise that I thought would be perhaps quite helpful. And um, it's, uh, it's here. I'm going to... Three questions. What do we miss in these days? What do we miss? What are the things that we grieve for? And uh, I just wondered whether um, on the chat facility or if you're doing this on Facebook or if you're watching us on WhatsApp and if you're listening to us on a phone and watching us on a, an iPad, wherever, however you're doing this, what do you miss? Just type it in. If you're doing it on Facebook, just type in under the comments. What do we miss? What do we grieve in these days? In this situation, what do we miss? I just wonder whether you would be willing to do that for a moment. Because what we're going to do is in a moment or two, and we're going to collate some of these comments and put them into a prayer together that I'll lead us in. So just take a moment and just type in some stuff. As many of you as you, you can, what do we miss? What are we missing in these days? I'll give you a moment or two to do that. And then uh, we'll go to the next one. Um, so just as you're typing that one in, what are the things that we feel the loss of? Just jot those in, that'd be great. And then what do we still have? What are we grateful for? We might have lost some things, but what do we still have? What can't be taken away from us? And uh, what hasn't been taken away from us? And I wonder whether you can again, just in the chat uh, facility or online on the Facebook comments page, just say what those are. And then finally, and this might not be kind of as expected, but during these days, what have you received? What have you been given? How have you been blessed? What do we miss? What do we still have? And what have we received? And uh, if you could just jot some of those ideas down, that'd be great. And uh, we'll see. We'll see what we've got. I'm gonna... So what do we miss? What do we still have? And what have we received? And uh, in a moment or two, we'll turn that into a prayer. So just give you some chance for that to happen.
Um, there's just loads. Just, I'm, just, I'm just scrolling through those messages uh, on the chat. It's just really good. And I'm going to read some of those out in a moment. Um, I can't read all of them. There's just too many. Um, lots of people um, reflecting some of the same things. The things we miss are family and people. We miss hugs. We miss the physical contact miss traveling, miss the visits from my sons, having people around to celebrate birthdays. And uh, uh, how many celebrations have we missed? These are the things we've missed, being with family and friends, going out, being together in the flesh, being able to hop on a bus and go and visit friends and go traveling, missing concerts, I miss my father, Miss tea and coffee in church and fellowship with others. Miss family and Nando's. <laughs> All of that we miss. I would normally travel to Wales, uh, Lynette said, in a few days to see a friend for his birthday. Won't be able to do that. What have we still got? We've still got the freedom to associate with others and go to the places we want. We've still got good health. We've still got independence and freedom. We've still got a home. We still have contact through uh, phone and computer. We still have uh, public transport afternoons with his four-year-old John saying with his little grandson where he roams Greater Manchester by bus, train and tram. We've still got my happiness and provision. Becky and Chris Waitman up there in the northeast, they've got beach walks, you're blessed indeed. What have we still got? We still got Zoom, <laughs> which allow the relationships even though they're virtual. And thank God for Zoom, even on the days when it doesn't work as well as we might have wanted. Got health and confidence. Grateful for family and technology. Got a new job. So many things that we're blessed. Blessed for the time with family and children. We've received, some of us have time and time to spend with God and the extra time to do the things that perhaps we might not have done. And for some of you, that will be difficult to hear because for some of you, you've not had extra time, but some of us have, and we would want you to rejoice with us, those of us who have to receive the chance to slow the pace of life down and rest. Andrew says he's had time with his new family when he's been working from home. Things that we've received still have a normality in my work able to, and able to spend more time together as a family still have contact with those that we miss in a hundred ways. We still have health and family and friends and church, a house and a job, music, good food, too many things. We're blessed with continuing health. Janet said, someone sent a, a surprise gift of flowers from an unknown source, but felt that God was at work through this. The blessings of being able to offer and giving. Jill said something similar, gifts of bags of food and flowers on the doorstep given to her. 
Sunita said, God's been on the move in my personal walk with him, setting me free from, pers for setting me for, for, from personal things, witnessing to my flatmates. We even do Bible study together. We've been given so much. And I do need to clarify something. John said when he talked about his grandson and the, the trips on Great Manchester Transport, that's what he missed. That's not what he's doing. But Vera said, I've gained time with my son. I've got closer to my family. I've got health, the power of prayer, patience, the chance to help strangers with food parcels. We may have missed so much. We still have so much. And we're blessed in so many ways. One of the Psalms that you know really well is Psalm 23. And this was put to music. God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. You've bedded me down in lush meadows. You find me quiet pools to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. Even when the way goes through Death Valley, I'm not afraid. When you walk at my side, your trusty shepherd's crook makes me feel secure. You serve me a six course dinner right in front of my enemies. You revive my drooping head and my cup brims with blessing. Your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. I'm back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. Amen. We've been looking at the uh, at the book of Acts and uh, we've been working our way through the early stories of the church about how God is doing something remarkable amongst them. The remarkable moment which we looked at last week of Pentecost where it began to change everything and we're drawn into the story and we're drawn into the story because it suggests the way we were designed to be church. One event changed everything literally in a moment. They receive the spirit and it's like tongues of fire. It's like a sound of a rushing wind and they start speaking languages they've not been able to learn before, but people hear them and they hear them declaring the wonders of God. And one moment changes everything overnight. And we know how that is because it's happened to us. And the reason we're doing this this morning and uh, we're in the situation we're in is because a new routine was needed to be um, developed. Don't know what your routine is, but it'll involve some of this, won't it? And as we begin to get ready to perhaps just loosen things up a little bit, they talk about face masks. I don't know if you've got your face mask yet. Uh, we've been looking at uh, ways of cutting up socks to put on your face or t-shirts or uh, scarves or paper, whatever it is, you'll 
quickly adapt to a new routine. I wonder what the new routine would look like for you going forward. On the day of Pentecost, there was a new routine. And uh, on that new routine, the Spirit of God had done something remarkably new. This is how Luke tells it. They, the new believers, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Suddenly, because of Pentecost, they had a new routine. They devoted themselves. They met regularly. They were together. They shared what they had. They met and they broke bread and they ate and they praised God. And the Lord added to their number. It's like this holy wind blew through their structure and through the settled ways of life together. And it pulled things apart and it created something new. And suddenly they knew that it, everything that perhaps they'd imagined would be the way forward. Actually, for them now, it's always going to be new. It's going to be different. When Luke tells his story, he outlines what becomes four of the marks of the church and it's in these early chapters I think what Luke's doing is not just saying what happened but I think he's giving almost like uh, a picture of what God wants to do not just in that church at that time but actually on an ongoing basis I think there is something of a, a sort of like a pattern being developed that this is what the good life with God looks like and so as part of it, what he does is he suggests four marks, what I've called four marks of the church. They devoted themselves. It's kind of like interesting, isn't it? That they really gave themselves over to the apostles' teaching. Well, what would the apostles have been teaching about? Well, they'd been with Jesus. And so they were teaching about Jesus, about the way of Jesus, his teachings, the events of Jesus and what Jesus meant and what that teaching gave them was a new way of thinking and what the early church and the church as a whole in the book of acts would have is a different way of thinking about life than the surrounding culture it's good to remind us that in those days they were small groups of people and they were acting and thinking and responding in very different ways than their neighbours. Why? Because of Jesus. Because they were learning the stories of Jesus and they were applying it to their own lives and their own minds and so thinking differently. It's why the church preaches. It's why we have small groups. It's why we have Bible courses it's why we do bible reading on our own because actually it's crucial that your thought life the way you think about life changes 
it's shaped by Jesus. The second mark of the church was that they had a common life. They shared all things in common. And uh, someone suggested that what happened was their time, their treasure, their talents, and their trust. You can tell that that perhaps came from a preacher. Those four T's became a mark of their common life, their fellowship together. They met daily. Their new routine said, actually, it affects my time. They gave one another and shared with one another what they had. What they owned was no longer seen as their own, but actually was open to others. And if they could minister to one another, their talents, that was also offered. And though it's not said explicitly, what lies at the heart of it was they trusted one another. I think that's the hardest thing. On Thursday night in our uh, small group, and uh, we were talking about this passage, actually. And um, we were talking about how, actually, do you know what? It's really easy to share stuff. It's not so easy to share time sometimes, because it's kind of like, you know, when you're busy and you've got stuff to do and it's time is a bit of an issue. But, you know, I think the biggest issue is trust. When... Uh, we entrust ourselves to one another. Where we say, I'll tell you what it's really like. They broke bread together. I think it is a reference to communion. And I think what was going on in those days is rather than what we'll do in a moment, what they were doing is they were meeting together and they would eat together. They would have a common meal. And as part of that common meal, they would pray, they would sing, and they would take bread and they would break it. And they would take the cup of wine and they would drink it. And they would remind themselves of the last supper when Jesus said, this is my body broken for you. And this is my blood shed for you. They worshiped together. And then finally, they prayed. They saw that actually their life together, in the light of all the uncertainty, in light of the troubles that would be happening, in the light of all the things that they couldn't control, that the prayer would be the linking of heaven and earth. That they, as they offered their lives to God and as they offered their situations to God, heaven and earth would be linked. The four marks of church. And everything about the teaching in the New Testament, about the church, everything that would be said subsequently sprang out of those roots. The whole idea of the church being a body where every member is really significant and has a part to play springs out of that devotion to one another. Every sense that the church is wrapped up into God's mission because it has something to share stems from the apostles' teaching, from prayer, from the life together, the attractiveness of the community. Wouldn't you want to belong to a community like that? The favour of God that rests on a community. And when Luke finishes this little passage, he says, people were being added to it. The, and it's kind of interesting because it, the way Luke actually says it is the Lord added to their number daily. So how do we read it today for ourselves as our own church, Solvadili? What is God doing for us? What is God saying to us? I want to make something 
really clear. I don't think on any level that this virus situation was sent by God. I know some Christians might disagree with that, but I don't think God sends this sort of stuff. But I do think that in situations like this, he gives us an opportunity to hear God in a new way. I think he gives us a chance to discover in these moments a new call. And I wonder what you're hearing. I wonder what you're thinking. These are some of my thoughts. Um, I share them with you because they're no better than your thoughts, but these are the things that I've been thinking through as I've been having a chance to think about this passage, about our church, about what God might be saying to us in these days. In the ordinary days, when you can just come to church, it's hard not to think of going to church as actually going to the building. And it's become a bit of a cliche, isn't it? But you know what I'm gonna say, church is not the building, it's the people. But it's hard for us to get out of the way of thinking that actually church is about going somewhere where you receive something, where hopefully the preaching's okay, where the worship's inspiring, where the children's work's good and the youth work's helpful, where we receive something. But actually, these, this picture of the early church wasn't about receiving something, but actually about them being connected with one another. This week, when we were told that if you played golf, you could go and play golf from this week on, I was thinking, I, I, I don't want to play golf. I don't want to play golf. I, 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 I played golf once, once it I think I'm with Mark Twain who said golf is just a good walk that's been interrupted. I don't want to play golf. I want to play with my grandchild. I don't want to, you know, some people have been talking a lot about whether we should be able to go back into church, even for private prayer. For me, it's not about being in church. It's about being with church. And during this period, there's been days where it's been a real, I just felt a bit low, you know, a bit. Last thing I said to one or two of you, last Sunday, and I said at the beginning of the service, didn't I? Last Sunday, I did, I, I, I walked out of this room going, I don't want to do Zoom church anymore. I don't want to do Facebook church. I want to be with people. And then when you read Paul's epistles, maybe you hear him differently. I long to be with you. I can't, he writes uh, to them, I couldn't stand not knowing how you were doing, so I sent Timothy to you. Do you know how that feels? And in this in-between time, I wonder whether God's recalling us to who he's always wanted us to be. Those four marks of church, teaching, worship, sharing, and prayer, you know what? I reckon it's really easy to be strong as a church in two of those areas. I think it's easy relatively to be strong on teaching, and I think it's easy to be relatively strong on worship. Because ultimately, that's the few doing something for the many. But what it's more difficult to be is strong on the sharing. It's strong, it's difficult 
to offer your lives to one another. It's difficult to give time and trust. I think for a while before this moment came, we were a lopsided church. I think we were strong on Sunday and I think we were much weaker in the week. I think the stuff we did and the, 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 literally the services we offered were strong, but actually I think this is a moment and I think this is the time where together we say, this is not ideal. If ever a morning would have proven that it's today. This is not ideal, but in this time, how do I enable others to know that they're connected? It's why when we did the, the midweek musings, the newsletter that we send out, at the centerpiece of those newsletters is an interview. And I hope you're watching them because earlier in the year, lots of you said to us, we don't know each other very well or not well enough. We want to know each other better and uh, we want more stories. And so we've given that place for that. And I wouldn't be surprised if some of you see the email but don't open it because actually it's like, oh, it's another thing to do. Let me tell you, it will. It takes some more of your time. It'll take 12 minutes of your time. It'll take 12 minutes to hear the story of someone else and to hear them say it. In small groups, you might say, they're not for me. It'll take time. It'll take an hour of your time a week. But actually, it's about sharing your life. Not just your stuff, but your life. And prayer. I don't know that we've been really strong about prayer. Not together. I think people pray on their own. I think that's great. And as you said before, when we were saying, what does this moment, what we're we blessed about, and what we've not, what we still have, we have time. And lots of you said we have time to pray, but actually we also have time to pray together. And then maybe this in-between time will help us to reshape our lives. What do you not want to lose? To ask together, to recognize that together as a church we are utterly dependent upon God, that this is who we need to be. And this Tuesday evening, for the first time, Ian is going to be leading a prayer meeting for us together for an hour, eight o'clock, Tuesday evening. And you can come and you can pray. You can pray with us and you can be in the room, as it were, and say, I'm here with you. Because actually, if God doesn't do stuff, then we haven't got much chance. I think we've been lopsided. And I think this is the moment where we go, do you know what? We can change that. But it just means everybody as an individual needs to change it. I can't, I can't do it from here. We can't do it from the front, as it were. It has to be together. But if we do, then maybe what we see increasingly is what they saw in Acts 2. That the favour of God was on them and people were attracted and the Lord added to their number. This, right now, more people are Googling prayer to find out about it 
than ever before. Right now, in this period, more people who have never darkened the doors of a church are passing by churches online and sitting in. And we know at this time, in this period, more people are trying to find out about Jesus than they have before. What does that suggest? It suggests that people are longing for more. They're longing for help. They're longing for community. And I think that as the people of God hear from God and shape their lives in a certain way, we become part of the answer to that. So here's my final slide. In the here and now, what can you do in these separated days to build church? What can you do? Who can you connect with? Who can you be in touch with? What can you come to virtually that means that you identify with others? What can you do? And then much more pertinently, what will you do? It's not about showing up for showing up's sake. It's actually about saying, Lord, here's my life. And my life is given for a community. It's not just for me. It's actually for you. And my life is to be lived out for the sake of others. This picture of the early church is a picture that Luke gives us that suggests a way of being. And I think in it, I've got a feeling that God might be speaking to us. Maybe if you have hear, ears, you can hear what he's saying. In a moment or two, I'm going to ask Jay uh, to sing us another song, to lead us another song. And we'll put the words upon the chat facility so you can see it. But as we sing, or as Jay sings, I wonder if these two questions can become the questions that you might want to answer. 